Welcome back to the Pro Football Betting Podcast for Week 6 Action. We're going to run down all 13 Sunday games. I'm David Behrman, Chief Content Officer of Pro Football Network, joined with, as normal, Director of Betting Brian Blewitz and Special Guest Senior Editor at PointsBet slash Fanatics, Max Meyer. Uh, Max goes way back with, with Brian in his Caesars days and worked a little bit with me in my ESPN days as a rep at Caesars. Max, welcome back. Thanks. And yeah, just ready to jump into a week six slate where we have three teams that haven't covered a bet yet this season and they're all double digit dogs. So let's 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 go with it, which will make it interesting to see if you uh, take those double digit dogs or or lay the double digits, which we'll get into. So, Brian, welcome back. Um, hopefully we'll continue to do some nice betting and wins as we've had over the first five weeks of the season. We're going to start, as we always have in London, since there seems to be an overseas game every single week this season. The Baltimore Ravens minus four, 40 and a half versus the Titans. That's our first game on Sunday. I'm going to kick it to you, Brian. What do you like? Yeah, I like this. I'll admit when I first saw the odds here, I forgot it was a London game. And I was like, oh, Titans getting four points at home. Mike Vrabel, home underdog. That seems like an easy spot. But then I looked at the location. It was in London. Titans haven't won a game away from Nashville this year. And the Ravens had maybe the unluckiest win of the season so far against the Steelers last week. I believe they had seven drops, three turnovers, and they had a block punt that went for a safety. I mean, if you had the Steelers in that game, congratulations to you. But that was a flukies win you'll ever have and very lucky versus the Ravens really shot themselves in the foot in that game. And I think on a neutral field, the spread's way too low and the Ravens just a far superior team than the Titans. And they, the Titans get a little much, too much respect and much of a bump because of the Mike Vrabel factor, I think, still. And Max, uh, in honor of you being on the show today, we're actually going to use the points bet numbers instead of the other books. It's actually 41 and a half at points bet, a point higher than DraftKings 40 and a half. So as always, as Brian and I preach every single week, shop, shop, and shop for as best line as you can get. Unfortunately, Connecticut, we only have three options, but you guys have a lot more. Max, what do you like in this game? Yeah, so uh, just looking at the points bet uh, data so far, so the total's actually gone up a point from 40.5 to 41.5, while the spread's dropped half a point from Ravens minus 4.5 to Ravens minus 4. Baltimore, uh, not surprisingly, getting majority of the action, 53% of the tickets, 70% of the handle. I mean, yes, even though they lost to the Steelers, Brian, like you said, I mean, the, the Ravens, and both their losses this year, the Colts and the Steelers, yeah. they, they've looked like the better team. It's just they've really shot themselves in the foot in both games. And I I mean, I, I don't have a strong lean on this game. Like I always think the London games are, are kind of wonky. Um if, if I if I had to pick, I, I would go Ravens um just because I, I think they're still one of the better teams in the league, even though they're they might not necessarily be priced like it. Um, but I just think with all, you know, the Titans and Mike Vrabel and, and, you know, that he's a top underdog coach and he makes the most of what he has. But I, I just think the Ravens have too many advantages in this game. So if, if I had to pick Ravens, but I, I'm not, uh, I'm probably staying. If not for the game. Bills, so I do the have... Ravens would be the best three and two team of all time. Because like Max said, they could be five and oh. They could be, but they're not, yeah. which is what the weird part is about the Ravens. Some weeks you think they're the AFC favorite and the next week you're wondering how the heck they're even doing anything. I actually do have a play on this game, um, and I think Brian knows exactly where I'm going. Uh, I've made it a habit of picking unders on low numbers to begin with, which people are scared to do because, oh, you see a number of 41, 38, 39, way too low. There's a reason those numbers are low. Those teams aren't good on offense. I'm going to throw these numbers at you. The last three Ravens games, 41, 31, and 27. Last three Titans games, 30, 30, and 39. Both teams are four and one to the under. I don't think this number is low enough. You mentioned 41 and a half at points bet. I'm going under it. I'm three and oh this season picking low unders that are 41 or lower. You just have two, and that includes the Ravens, by the way. I had the Ravens the last two weeks versus the Browns and the Steelers picking under 38 and 39. These teams just don't score. The, the Titans are a ball control team. The Ravens make way too many mistakes. Now, of course, I could be you know, be smacked in the face when Lamar Jackson runs for an 80-yard touchdown the first play of the game. Uh, but I'm going to continue picking unders when the Ravens are involved, and they're not exactly playing an offensive juggernaut in the Titans. Plus, the London games kind of take a little while to get going. As even last week in the Bills game, it took until the fourth quarter for anything to get going. Moving on to what might wind up being the best game of the weekend, 
Uh, the 49ers headed back east to face the Cleveland Browns. The Niners are laying seven on the road, 37 and a half. Last we saw the Niners, they were blowing up the Cowboys on Sunday night football. Now they go east for a 10 a.m. local start versus a team off a bye. All that sounds good. Is anybody going to stop the San Francisco 49ers? And is it the fact that they got to play an early East Coast game? Not sure who's going to play quarterback for the Browns. Max, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so like you said, spot screams Browns just because they're coming off the bye and the 49ers look amazing on primetime against a national team like the Cowboys. Um, but the spread and the total have gone in completely opposite directions. And, and it's because the market's, you know, telling us that they think that PJ Walker is going to be the quarterback. Um, Niners were minus three opener now up to full touchdown at seven totals dropped from 42 to 37 and a half. Uh, weather is a, is a big factor for this with winds and, and, and rain. Um, man, if Watts, if Watson was healthy, I would, I would be on the Browns here. I just, it's basically like, do you think that the 49ers are going to score like 20, 21 points? And if do you think that they are, I, I, I think it's going to be really tough for the Browns to cover this game if, if Walker does end up uh, going under center. So I, I wish, I wish you know, Watson was playing. It seems like that he's not just based on how uh, the market has this game. So for me, another stay away, unfortunately. And Brian, this is a very, very weird line for all the reasons that Max just stated. The under, the over-unders dropped a couple of points. The, 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 you don't really see games go from three to seven that fast. It's not like Deshaun Watson has done much. You want to think somebody's going to stop this juggernaut, but without a quarterback, I mean, neither – the Niners aren't the team that you think scores a lot, yet they score 30 every single week. It's really, really weird. Brian, what do you think on this game? Yeah, I'm really torn on this one because, as Max said, like this would be a no-brainer Brown spot just because you're selling extremely high on the 49ers and this Browns defense was historically good through the first, uh, their first four games of the season. I'm surprised that Max isn't uh, bitter that uh, DTR isn't starting here as a Pac-12 homer. But uh, for this one, I'm just super torn because, I mean, I wouldn't lead under, but the 49ers hit that over all by themselves. They're just that good right now. And I don't trust PJ Walker enough, even at home, getting that many points against this 49ers team. If anything, you could tease the 49ers down to a point, even to a half point, depending on where you are. I mentioned the picks article that came out uh, Thursday morning to tease them with the Colts, to get the Colts up to 10 and a half. So that'd be my only play here, if anything. And, and many of us have fallen prey to licking our chops with the Cleveland Browns and a number. And then at the at halftime, you're wondering why the hell you just did that when it's 24 to three and, and Watson or PJ Walker have thrown three interceptions against the Steelers. Yeah, why did I do that? Um, staying on the oh, East I Coast. Say, uh, oh, oh sorry. Oh, one, one additional. I will say 49ers by far have been the most popular spread bet at points bet so far. They've gotten over twice as much spread handle as any other team, not counting the Thursday night game. But even if you include Thursday night, they still have more uh, money than any other team. So, you know, betters, not surprisingly, especially when the spread was under a touchdown, uh, looking to back, the, um, you know, the, the perceived best team in the NFL. And then in, in, in terms of splits, it's 49ers, 89% tickets, 93% handle. So extremely lopsided action and, as well. And it's funny because whereas the three of us on this call and the people we work with would never actively lay three on the road, East Coast, West Coast. The public doesn't care. They're going to lay They're going to lay the seven and not think twice about taking the 49ers. Uh, the Dolphins at home laying 13 and a half. The total is 48 and a half hosting the winless Carolina Panthers. A little nugget out there for you. Dolphins are a double-digit favorite in back-to-back games for the first time since one Dan Marino was quarterback back in 1995. We'll start with you, Brian. You got the winless Panthers at the high-flying Miami Dolphins. What do you like here? Yeah, you'll never see me back the Panthers on the spread until they actually cover a number just because how dreadful this team is, even on both sides of the ball. But I got burned last week taking the under in their game against the Lions just because even though we thought the Panthers' defense could be at least solid going this year, they just got obliterated by a Lions team without Amara on St. Brown, and then they put up their own points in garbage time. So in this match, they're going against – I mean – you know, David, like the Dolphins, even without a chain, are still going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. But if there's any issue with them is their defense. They're 23rd at EPK for play defensively right now. So I'd be a little nervous about taking this spread here with potential backdoor cover with the Panthers. But I could see some backdoor hit for the over here, if anything. So if I had to lean one way, it would be the over 48 and a half. Max, your thoughts? 
Yeah, so uh, the Panthers have the fewest spread tickets of any team uh, for this week. Uh, Dolphins, 91% tickets, 78% handle among all spread bets. I I lean the Panthers. Honestly, I would play it if it gets to 14, just because I, I think the Dolphins offense obviously is excellent. I think with HN, I think that they were historically good just because of how efficient he was as a runner. And I, I actually think that they that they will miss him a little bit. Maybe not so much in, in this yeah. game, just because the Panthers are so weak. But I, I do think that the offense will not – well, I, it sounds obvious, but I, I just don't think that the offense will continue to be historically good. Like, they averaged nearly 10 yards of play against the Giants last week. And just because HN, he's averaging, what, 11 yards per carry. Um, so – and then the Dolphins' defense, it, it's tough to trust a team that – is you know laying nearly two touchdowns with with a defense that I, I think is you know okay at best. So if if it does get to fourteen, you know as bad as the Panthers have been, Bryce, uh, you know Bryce Young has actually looked decent in garbage time, and so I I, I think that the back door, you know, is fully in play here. Um, I, I just think that the Dolphins' offense won't be as good as they have been with Han, and I I don't trust the defense uh, to be you know laying this many points. Noted that that defense is coming off its best game of the season with seven sacks. And, of course, the Giants offensive line that couldn't block my kid's fourth grade tackle. Yeah, I, mean, I could get a sack um, against that offensive line. So it's yeah. not toot our horn a little bit. Um, because we cover all the bases on the show, we don't just give you sides and totals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little different direction and give you a first quarter bet. And here's some numbers for you. The Miami Dolphins have scored on every single opening possession this season. Four touchdowns and a field goal. Uh, the field goal was against... New England on the first drive, uh, they got all the way to the five-yard line and had a bad holding penalty uh, in near the end zone that cost them the drive, and they wound up for a field goal. The Panthers in five games, Brian talked about their horrible offense. They've scored one touchdown the first quarter all season, and it was a Kirk Cousins pass to the wrong team pick six. So the Panthers have not scored a touchdown at all in the first quarter, and the Dolphins are scoring on every single drive. Obviously, the first quarter bets sometimes come down to who wins the coin toss, etc., but I don't want to lay 13 and a half, so I'm going to lay four, which is the number that points bet has for the first quarter line. And yeah, you hope the Dolphins get that touchdown, but the Dolphins also could get two touchdowns as they've done in many first quarters this year. Um, their offense is that explosive and they come out and they run the script on the first drive and it, it, they're five for five in scoring. Panthers have two field goals and a pick six. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins first quarter minus four. You can also get a first half line at minus six and a half or seven, depending on where you play it. That's in play as well, uh, because you don't want to avoid that back door, as Max said. Um, even last week against the Giants, as much as they dominated the game, the Giants did drive all the way to the 15 yard line and had a chance to backdoor that game. If you want to do that, you know, play isolate a little bit in the first quarter where the Dolphins are the best in the NFL and the Panthers are the worst in the NFL. Uh, moving on to the Vikings and the Bears, a little NFC North action. We have the Bears as a home dog getting three, a total of 44. We'll start with you, Max. Two teams that are performing way below what we expected this season. How do you see this game shaping up? Yeah, so points bet. We opened uh, Vikings three and a half point road favorite. It was down to two and a half for most of the week. And, and then just a quick. Uh, or a, a recent move to two and a half uh, total. Another one of the big uh, movers just with weather 48 and a half to 44 and a half with just winds and, and, and rain again. Uh, it's been pretty split action on the spread Vikings, 51% of the tickets bears, 58% of the handle. The bears are the most popular money line underdog bet this week in terms of tickets and handles. So, you know, where uh, public is, is leaning that way. I actually like the Vikings in this, which is, you know, kind of wild to say, uh, given how they've been, and especially now that they're without Justin Jefferson. I just think that this is a bit of an overreaction to the Jefferson injury. And, you know, just the the Vikings were laying five and a half points, five points to the uh, Panthers on the road just a couple weeks ago, and, and now it's two and a half, three. I, I think that the Bears and the Panthers are similar quality of team. And with Jefferson out, this is actually one team where I think his absence won't be as felt, just given that the Bears defense, whether it's, you know, 
run defense, pass defense. Really, it's it's the Bears and the Broncos that are the two clear worst defenses in the NFL. And I, I like Jordan Addison. Um, I think Osborne is is okay. I, I like the Vikings tight ends with Hawkinson uh, and Oliver. Uh, and, and the Vikings, they have pro football focuses, number one, uh, run blocking offensive line. So I, I think that, you know, going up against the Bears, uh, that the Vikings have an advantage in the trenches. I, I just, I, I think that you're getting nice value on the Vikings. So I, I'm, I'm good to lay it uh, up to three. Before I kick it to you, Brian, throwing a stat out there that the um, both these, te- these teams, nine of the 10 games they've played this year, uh, including all five Bears games, have gone over the total, four out of the five Vikings games. It's a fairly low total for two teams that consistently go over at 44 at points bet. Um, I'm actually going to use the Bears a- a- as the complete the teaser leg with the Chiefs that I have on Thursday night. As I stated on this program numerous times, I don't bet teasers. I don't like teasers. I only do it when I can get two teams through two key numbers. Uh, with the two and a half number that I saw, you can get through the three and the seven. Obviously, it's up to three at at at, uh, at points bet, so obviously it depends on where you get it. Um, and, and we had talked about on the Thursday pod um, getting the Chiefs down to to four and a half. Brian, which direction are you going with this? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything Max said about this game. This feels like just an overreaction spot across the board. One overreaction, Justin Jefferson injury. And then two, an overreaction to the Bears win on Thursday night. I don't like take... Thursday night football wins too seriously because they're pretty fluky coming off just three days of, of ha- having three days repair coming off uh, like a short week. And you got to remember this Bears team is still like a really bad football team. As Max mentioned, that the worst defense in NFL maybe after the Broncos. And I agree with him about the Vikings offense, even without Jefferson. They still have a lot of weapons in Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, Osborne's pretty capable himself too. I like it better at two and a half, but if I had to lean one way here, it would be selling high on the Bears coming off of a, uh, Thursday night win against the commander's defense just can't stop anybody at this rate. Staying uh, with divisional matchups, the moving to the AFC South Colts and Jags Jags coming off a two game winning streak overseas in London, actually go home in Jacksonville and will host the Colts. They're laying four. The total is 45 and a half. Uh, we've seen this story before the Jags 14, two and one against the spread versus their division rivals since 2015, just owning the series, including a memorable win a couple of years ago that prevented the Colts from making the playoffs. The Jags have already beaten the Colts once this year, one by 10 in week one, coming off two games in London without a bye. I don't expect to see a lot of fireworks here, but Brian, how do you see this game shaping up? Yeah, I'm still not totally sold on this Jacksonville offense. They're definitely much worse than I expected going into the season. They had a big win, big win last week in London, a two-game winning streak in London, but that was against a Bills team that had a major travel disadvantage at the, that the Jags were in London already for the week before, and they lost a lot of guys to injury on defense. So I like getting the points here with the Colts in this divisional matchup, and I don't think Minshew is much of a downgrade at all from Anthony Richardson. I think they're both pretty good, just in totally different ways. And I trust this uh, coaching staff and their play calling to keep this game close. I mean, it might not be reflecting the score in this week one matchup, but it was a fairly close game in the fourth quarter. Richardson had a chance to have that backdoor cover and bring it to a three-point game, if not for uh, injury late in that game there. So I'm not totally sold on this Jaguars team, caught up that two-game winning streak in London. And this Colts team keeps proving me wrong week after week, so I'm going to take them in the points here. Max, if you were to play Brian Blewis Bingo, you could check off the Gardner Minshew mention. He does it at least once a podcast, so you got that one there. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, so uh, this one, interesting uh, spread action so far at points bet. Jaguars 64% of the tickets, but Colts 53% of the handle. Uh, Jaguars have gone from minus 4.5 to minus 4. This one's interesting just because we've never seen a team play in London twice in a row. And then also a team that's played in London twice in a row, not have a buy and play the early kickoff. And so it's, it's just a really tough situation. I I think for the Jaguars where they had that clear advantage against the bills uh, this past weekend, I I think that the Colts have the, uh, have that advantage this week. Um, I agree with Brian. I think Minshew is definitely one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. And even though he does, you know, he offers uh, a much different skill set than Richardson does. I still think that both can be effective. And, and Steichen's proven to be a sharp 
offensive mind, not just as his time as Colt, uh, as Colts head coach, but also as Eagles offensive coordinator and, and on Chargers staff. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would lean the Colts plus four. Um, I probably, I might play it later in the week. I, I just would, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes down to three and a half. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like the Colts here. I don't have a play on the side or total, but I am in a large, big, significant survivor pool uh, where they make you take two picks this week for whatever stupid reason. Um, I can take the Dolphins, but I don't have the Bills and I don't have the Chiefs. And the partner that I split this significant survivor pool in wants to take the Jags. So um, it's not something that I really want to do, uh, but there's also not that many options out there. Okay, I got, I I got a better one for you. We'll, we'll, I'll bring it up once we get to that game. I can't take them either. So I don't know. I don't know who you're thinking of that I was thinking of, but we'll find out. I just assume you're always talking Eagles. You were thinking Eagles. I was thinking Eagles, but I don't always think the Eagles. I wouldn't have suggested it last yeah, you week. Did. That's for sure. Um, Seattle, Cincinnati might be one of the better games of the week. Seattle coming off their stomping of the Giants on Monday night, followed by a bye. So it's not your traditional West Coast, East Coast game since this team. Um, had a bye last week, and they're facing a Cincinnati team who actually did play on the West Coast this week. So for those that didn't pay attention, don't automatically think West Coast, East Coast means take the East Coast team because since he played more on the West Coast than Seattle did, uh, Seattle is getting three on the road, total of 45. Brian, I think you and I see this game very similar. We both are leaning Seattle. Why don't you tell us why? Yeah, from my perspective, I'm not trying to buy – in too much on the Bengals being back because they beat up on a really bad Cardinals team last week. I mean, the Cardinals start off 3-0 ATS, but they were really overachieving, and now reality's kind of starting to set back in that maybe they are almost as bad as we thought they were going into the season, and maybe this Bengals offense would had a bounce-back week, take advantage against a really bad defense, and now they're going against Seahawks team that's coming off a week of rest on their bye week, and we know how this Bengals offense really struggles against good pass rush. Well, the Seahawks of our season are fourth in uh, pass rush win rate. And if this game does turn into a shootout, if Joe Burrow really is back, then I think the Seahawks really keep pace with that passing attack with Geno, DK, and that Tyler Lockett. So getting three points, kind of opportunity to sell a little bit high on the Bengals, not totally buying they're really back just yet. Give me Seattle. Max, your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, this line, open Bengals three. It's It's gone to two and a half, but it's back up to three. Uh, Bengals, 65% of the tickets, 59% of the handle on the spread. Uh, man, th- this is probably, I think this is the most interesting Sunday game for me, uh, this week. Seahawks really, really needed that buy just with all the injuries that they had. Uh, but I mean, their last two wins were against the Panthers and the Giants. So <laughs> I, it's not like that they were really tested, uh, that much despite all the injuries. Um, and then Bengals, on the other hand, yes, you know, Burrow looked really good against the Cardinals, definitely looked more mobile. Um, but there, I still have a lot of concerns about the Bengals. Like, the, the defense has not looked good at all. Uh, Joe Mixon looked washed, you know, even last year, and he's been one of the most inefficient running backs in the league this year. Um, and, you know, we'll see if, if T. Higgins is going to play just because the Cardinals let Jamar chase. The Bengals only, you know, target run wild. And I, I would think that Pete Carroll would have a better game plan against that. I I lean Seahawks plus three, but not strong enough for a play. Um, but I'm I'm I think that this game is going to be absolutely fascinating. So I'm I'm just in it for as a football fan. We'll sure. learn a lot from this game. That's fast. Sure. We'll learn that either Joe Burrow and the Bengals really are back, or that oh this calf is still a serious problem, or maybe the Seahawks, like you said, either beating up on bad teams or they actually are a legit playoff team. We go from a very, very interesting Seattle-Cincy matchup that will intrigue us on all levels to a game that's only worth betting on and nothing else. The Washington Commanders visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons laying 2.5, total is 42.5. I personally don't trust either one of these teams, which always makes me lean towards the under. When I don't like either team, um, I don't like the number there. Falcons 0-4 against the spread since their 2-0 start. Last time we saw Washington, uh, they didn't show up against an awful Bears team at home on Thursday Night Football. We'll start with you, Max. What do you like here? Yeah, so uh, we opened Falcons one and a half up to two and a half. Total's gone up by a point from 41 and a half to 42 and a half. 
Uh, Falcons, 55% of the tickets and 81% of the handle on the spread. Commanders have the lowest spread handle, actually, of, of any team for uh, week six, which I find interesting. Um, for me, I, I think the, I think the Falcons have the better team. I just cannot lay points with the Falcons. I, I would much rather play them on the money line. Like De- Desmond Ritter played his best game in, in, in his NFL career. Uh, they were at home. They were playing the Texans, and they still needed a last-second field goal to win by two and, and couldn't even cover. So, I like if, if I had to pick either side of the spread, like I, I would take Commanders two and a half because I don't trust the Falcons to win by margin. Um, but yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons won by one or two. It's just they they really are um, the perfect team for uh, for for this type of situation. And I I think with the Commanders, you know, obviously they're coming off that that brutal game against the Bears. And even though it was the Thursday night game, so it was you know a week ago compared to Sunday, I still think that that stench is still in people's minds, just given how uh, poorly that they played. So yeah, I I, I it's it's. It's tough to recommend Commanders plus two and a half while also thinking the Falcons win the game, which is why I'm a stay away. But that's the type of game that I think that this is, especially with the lower total. Brian, neither one of us have a strong play on this game or don't trust either team. Anything you like here? Yeah, that makes three of us and not really having a strong play for this one. But I'll lean the opposite of anything here. I mean, I, maybe I still have that stench from the Commanders on Thursday Night Football that I can't get rid of, and maybe I'm buying too much in the narrative that Desmond Ritter doesn't lose at home. But the Falcons point blank have been a much better home team than a road team this year, not just Desmond Ritter. And, I mean, yeah, they they barely beat the Texans at home last week. It took a, I mean, took a game-winning field goal, but this Commanders team might be a worse team than this Texans team, and this is going to be the worst defense that um, Desmond Ritter has gone up against all season. So, he proved capable last week that he can have big games against uh, bad defenses. And what's a, there's not many worse pass defenses right now than the commanders. Uh, they do have a long week and they are, um, this is a good bylaw opportunity for them coming off an embarrassing loss in prime time. But I think the Falcons are just a better team and with the home field advantage. I don't think the two and a half is uh, too many points. What did we say last week? Always take wide receiver one against the commanders and the Colts. Is that what we said? Commanders and Colts. So we didn't mention it in the Colts game. You would obviously want to take uh, Calvin Ridley over there. Um, but the commanders, I, I mean, Falcons, wide receivers, anybody you really want to take? I mean, he had nine targets last week. Take, oh, Drake London. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess take Drake London. I mean, what, what's his, what's his, what's his prop number there? Mr. Max. Anything worth looking at? Let me, pull, let me pull it up. I I would probably say maybe like around 55 and a half. Yeah, it's worth a play since I got so it up. DJ Moore did it. It's at 45 and a half. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. I mean, it's not like DJ Moore was tearing it up before his 200-yard game the other day, but we did say it on the podcast to take yeah. DJ Moore because the commanders have given the wide receiver ones over a hundred yards in uh, four of the five games this year, including AJ Brown's million yard, two touchdown game. So there it is. Take Drake London over 45 and a half. Don't say we didn't give you anything off this game. Um, a game that hopefully will be intriguing. I like both these teams. I uh, just been a fan of betting them. Neither one of these teams will be playing in February, but um, the saints right now um, it's a spread that has been anywhere between even and one it's currently sitting at minus a half a point. Might as well just call it even. Um, versus at Houston and the Texans, total is 42. Um, these are two teams that I've bet on a whole bunch this season. I think the Texans are better than people give them credit for. Covered in the last three, all his dogs, including two outright wins. Uh, one betting nugget before I kick it to you, Brian. 11 straight Saints games going back to last year have hit the under, including all five this year. Uh, the number's only 42. It's not in the 30s, and it's it does give you pause because uh, C.J. Stroud and the Texans have put up some numbers, but the Saints are 5-0 and to the under this year. What do you like in this game? Yeah, you mentioned that total of 42 that all their games got under this year. All their games have got under 42 as well, and even last week, despite the Saints scoring 34 points, they shot the Patriots. I'm not sure what the make of the Saints team right now. I mean, I don't want to buy too high on them because they shut out a Patriots team that's looked like the worst team in football the last two weeks. And if you look at the quarterbacks that they've played, the best one so far is Baker Mayfield. I mean, they went against Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Baker, and Mac Jones. Among that group, I think we would all take C.J. Stroud right now against any of those quarterbacks in a heartbeat. And this Texans team is 
they they were in a good fight last week against the Falcons. I had the Falcons that game last week, but at home here playing against the Saints teams coming off their best win this season might be might be getting a little overrated because they beat up on a really bad Patriots team. I'll lean the Texans here if anything. Max, what are your thoughts on this game? That's pretty much a pick 'em or one point line on. I've seen it on both sides. Yeah, so this line has has been dropping. Uh, we opened Saints two and a half down to one. Uh, total's gone up from 40 and a half to 42, which I find interesting, just like how you guys were mentioning uh, the Saints struggles to go over um, in any of their games. Uh, this one, interesting discrepancy uh, in action with the Saints getting 67% of the tickets, but the Texans getting 58% of the handle. I have been uh, I've been fading the Saints, admittedly, uh, with some success, though not last week. I, I I took Patriots, and that really blew up in my face. Um, I just I don't trust the Saints' offense. I don't trust the Saints' coaching staff. I like what I've seen um, so far uh, with the Texans. I think Stroud has been amazing. Um, I, I think D'Amico Ryan's uh, has has this group, you know, playing better than really any of us expected. Um, yeah, just, just the fact that I, I, maybe it's, you know, biases from before the season, but the saints for me have been a play against team, um, for really for most of the season. And and I'm here to do it again. So I'll take Texans as a short home dog. As long as they reach 10 wins, I don't care which ones they are, as that was my main preseason future is over nine and a half. Uh, so I hope they reach the 10, um, also have the Rams over their six and a half. So both of them right on pace, uh, but moving on staying, um, not staying anywhere. We're going back to Vegas, the Patriots and Raiders. Last time we saw these two teams play, it was one of the better finishes that we've ever seen with the, uh, the, the lateral that went bad instead of going for overtime with the Patriots, uh, the Raiders took it to the house. And, and that was a, a memory that everybody will, will have in them from last season Right now, I've seen it at three, but it's dropped to two and a half. Raiders are favored by two and a half. Total is 41 and a half. I'll go first only because this is yet another low under that I'm going to play. Um, I said I've hit one each week the last three weeks. I already have the one in London with the Ravens and Titans. Love this one again. I mean, the Patriots are just an epic train wreck right now on offense. Can't do anything getting shut out last week by the Saints. The Raiders, here's a stat that I saw uh, on Monday Night Football last week after the game was over. They haven't broken 20 this season in any game themselves have not broken 20. The last five teams that went five games without breaking 20 all started 0 and 5 Raiders two and three. Somehow they've won two games with less than 20 point being that they have not broken 20. They haven't looked good on offense. Patriots are terrible on offense. Um, there's just not going to be any points scored. I'd be stunned. The two quarterbacks aren't playing very well. Uh, injuries on both offensive teams. You could play the Raiders because Mac Jones is 0-11. Well, against the spread as a dog and the Patriots, as much as you want to take Belichick as a dog, they've lost eight straight. I want nothing to do with the game itself. I want to take the under because this could this could be 17-13, and I'd be saying it's not even close to 41 and a half. What do you like on this, Max? Yeah, so if it wasn't for the move down to two and a half, I actually would take the Patriots, but the market, you know, just with the move from three to two and a half is telling you, you know, everything that you need to know, despite the Patriots getting absolutely shellacked the last two games. But Mac Jones has played four pretty much top 10 defenses so far in his five games with Eagles and Jets and Saints and Cowboys. So it's, it's been, you know, a tricky road for him. It's not like he lit up the Dolphins in the fifth game. But the Raiders, uh, one of the worst pass rushing teams in the NFL, this will ob- this will easily be the weakest um, get, uh, defense that he's played so far. And then I just I'm jo- and even if Bill Belichick isn't as sharp as a head coach as he was, he's he will never be Josh no. McDaniel's level. I cannot I cannot believe he didn't go for it on, on fourth and one to close out the game against the Packers. And the Packers played a horrible game, and and they actually had a chance to win it against the Raiders. But for me, just with how low this total is, three is is a, obviously a, a key number and one that I I would want to have in my pocket versus two and a half. So if it if it's down to two and a half, it's a pass. If it's three, can't believe I'm saying this. I I, I would definitely take the Patriots. Brian, do you have the stomach to do that, or do you have a different angle here? I do not have the stomach to do that. But if it does get up to three, I mean, Max has made some good points, and you too about how bad this Raiders team is and. 
how bad of a coach McDaniels is. I mean, he has to be the worst coach in the NFL right now. And that should have been a blowout over the Packers because the Packers couldn't have played worse. And I really wish I was able to cash out my Packers uh, playoff bet while I was still uh, able to get all my money back while I could have just because really I'm not so enjoying to love to say the least. But I'm with you on the under here. Don't trust either of these offenses score points. They're both two bottom 10 offenses by EPA per play. And I mean, Patriots have scored three points the last two weeks. Are they, are they all of a sudden to score a bunch of touchdowns, just depending on the matchup? I mean, they still have the worst receiver group in the NFL, one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, and one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and they'll be traveling across country. So keep it short. You made a lot of same points I, did early, I would have made earlier. I'm going to take the under here. One other yep. thing, if, you, if you're a believer in, in public versus sharps, this is the only game at points bet this week where one team is getting over 60% of the tickets and the other team's getting 60% of the handle. Uh, Raiders, 66% of the tickets. Patriots, 61%. I figured it would be that way, yeah. Little pros versus Joe's game there. I don't see many uh, and many Joes taking the Patriots after what they've seen the last two weeks. And Brian had made the comment earlier that the Ravens might be the best three and two team we've seen. The Raiders might be the worst two and three team we've seen winning games with under 20 points. It's come that time in the program where we talk about Brian's Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles lay in seven total of 41 at the Meadowlands in New Jersey jets coming off, whatever you want to call it versus the Broncos. They did score more points than the Broncos. So I guess that counts as a W in one of the worst train wrecks of a game we've ever watched. Eagles, Brian and I have talked about we haven't seen the best Eagles teams yet, yet they're 5-0. and They've let teams hang around like the Patriots, the Commanders, and the Vikings. I'm not sure I want to lay seven on the road. Brian, the Eagles fan, we'll start with you. Well, I'm going to push back like a little game. bit on that comment because that Vikings score is a little inflated by garbage time touchdown. That was going to be a two-score game, but granted, they benefited by a ton of turnovers in that one. But I think their win last week was by far their most impressive win the season all around. I don't think the Rams even crossed the 50-yard line in the second half. And that's a really good Rams offense. It had Stafford, Cooper Cutback, look completely healthy, and Puka Nakulaho still looks very capable as number two wide receiver, Cooper Cutback in the mix. I usually don't bet my team too much unless I feel really confident about them. And this is their best match of the season by far so far. I mean, the Jets, are people really in on Zach Wilson now? It's the two okay games in a row. Well, if there's anything to trust this Eagles defense is they feast on bad quarterbacks. I mean, they struggle against competent quarterbacks. They just throw it underneath against them all game and they're bend, bend but don't break defense. But Zach Wilson also lost his best offensive lineman for the season last week, Elijah Barrett Tucker. And now they're going against Eagles pass rush with Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick. I mean, that just is a mismatch waiting to happen with a quarterback who really shrinks like a pumpkin going against a really good pass rush. And well, the biggest bright spot for the Jets last week was Brees Hall on the ground. He had over 170 rushing yards. This Eagles defense has been the best run defense in the NFL this season. So if they can't get Brees Hall going, I'm not sure how they're going to move the ball. And the thing with the Eagles offense, everything looks pretty identical from the advanced metrics to last season, except the red zone offense has been dreadful. I believe they're, they actually kicked the most field goals so far this season. It's pretty hard to believe. But at the same time, this offense still always finds ways to win if that – if the pass game isn't working. They, they can lean on the run game. If A.J. Brown isn't involved, they go to Devontae Smith. They got Dallas Goddard involved last week. So I think they're starting to find their rhythm here. I like this as a teaser spot, but I wouldn't be afraid to play them uh, if it gets back to under a touchdown or even at a touchdown right now. Max, what are the numbers telling you? Yeah, so Eagles, overwhelming play, 82% of the tickets, 75% of the handle. Spread's gone up from Eagles minus six to minus seven. I really, really wanted to take the Jets this week just because I, I think the Eagles, yes, they've gotten off to a 5-0 start, but it hasn't been a very convincing 5-0 start um, just with all the departures, whether it's on the defense or, or their two coordinators. But I see Zach Wilson and I see the Eagles defensive yeah. front. And like Brian was saying, Elijah Barrett Tucker out is, is, is a big deal for the Jets. Like if, if you want to take advantage of the Eagles, it's, it's attacking their secondary. And, and I don't really trust Zach Wilson to do that. And then on the other side, the Jets defense looked elite against Buffalo in, in week one, but they haven't had a lot of, you know, elite stretches since then. I mean, Broncos offense was able to move the ball, you know, and Broncos offense has been decent this season, but the Jets defense, you know, 
while they're good, I, I don't think that they're as elite as we as we saw in week one. And so, you know, I I, I just as much as I, I want to, you know, bet against the Eagles, I just don't think that this is the spot to do it. I, I, I just think that the Jets can't really take advantage of, of the Eagles weak spots. This is a game where I think Brian just wants his team to get in and out of there healthy because they host the Miami Dolphins on Sunday night and weird things happen at the Meadowlands. So Eagles, Jets, Brian obviously loves the Eagles there. Uh, Here's a a matchup that's intriguing. Um, Never thought I'd ever say the Lions and Bucks got flexed from a 1 o'clock game to a 425 game, but here we are. Lions, I saw it was 3 last night, up to 3.5 at points bet, 42.5 that hook. Might come into play here. We're going to start with with um, Max and see his thoughts there. I look at it as a potential trap game. I think the Lions are the better team. 15 games over 500 ATS under Dan Campbell. Not really sure who the Bucks are. Obviously, a, a 2-0 start, crushed by the Eagles, then the impressive win against the Saints. Had a bye last week. You, you, you want to say you like the Lions here? Could be a little bit of a trap game. Three and a half definitely makes me want to stay away from Detroit and possibly take Tampa. Max, what do the numbers tell you and what do you like? Yeah, so spread's gone up from Lions three to now Lions three and a half. It was at three for most of the week, though. Um, Lions getting majority of the action, 72% of the tickets, 66% of the handle. So spot-wise, you know, Bucks are, are coming off a buy. Uh, you have road Jared Goff. But I... I guess like one of the biggest surprises this season is, is how well Baker Mayfield has been playing. Um, I, I just think that, you know, we, we've seen Baker Mayfield now for years. And, and so it, it's tough with a, a four game sample size to really believe that he's back. And I, the Lions defense ha, has been impressive this season. And then, you know, uh, I should, Mike Evans, uh, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury versus it looks like Amon Ross St. Brown is coming back for the Lions. And, Baker Mayfield, one thing that I, I was reading that I was really surprised about is he has uh, the number one quarterback rating against blitzes so far after, uh, for most of his career, he's been absolutely terrible against against the pressure. Um, so I, I, I guess like, you know, the Bucs have gotten off to a nice start this season. Uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucs have been a nice surprise. If it was three, I'd, I'd play the Lions, three and a half. I still lean the Lions, but not enough to play it. Brian, Lions, Bucks, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as Max in this one. The three and a half scares me. Now it's gone up. But I think the Lions still are just a much better team. They're a lot better than I gave them credit for earlier in the year. I wasn't ready to totally buy the hype, but they've been better than expectations even. And while the Buccaneers have really surpassed expectations as well, every year we see these teams that come out to three and one records, two and one records, even four and one. That might not be as good as the record shows and they tend to fall later in the season. I'm not totally sure the Buccaneers are that team. I mean, Max mentioned that Baker's been a lot better this year, but how sustainable is it? Cause we have a larger sample size of him not being this good of a quarterback and they won't be having Mike Evans this week. So I think the Lions are a much better team, but like you mentioned, this could be kind of a trap spot with uh, giving three and a half points on the road, Jared Goff outdoors versus indoors. So I'll probably pass on this one, but I'll only lean the Lions if it gets back to three. Moving on to another 425 game, Cardinals-Rams, Rams giving 7, 48.5. My first impression on this one is why on earth are we laying 7 points with the Rams? Not that I'm in love with the Cardinals here, but this is a Cardinals team that has been in every single game this season, at least for the first half. They might be the best covering first half team we have. Uh, Rams, 7, 40.5. What do you like with this one, Brian? Yeah, I I fell into the trap last week of the Cardinals because, like you said, they looked competitive in the first few weeks of the season, but they were just like punching above their weight and they really were just an overachieving team. I think they're starting to trend back to being that really bad team that we thought they were going to the season. Meanwhile, the Rams, I mean, I was watching the Eagles game last week. That pass, the offense looked really good in the first half and they struggled going against the Eagles pass rush, but this Cardinals won his 28th in pass rush win rate in the NFL and Cooper Cup looks like the same guy that he was in 2021 season who got hurt last year. And there's definitely a world where he could coexist with Puka. So I even like the Rams giving a field goal here. It seems like a lot of points, but I think that there's a big talent gap between these two teams. What are the numbers showing you, Max? Yeah, so market really likes the Rams um, with 
They've opened at minus five. They're now up to a full touchdown. Uh, Rams, especially with Cooper Cutback, uh, they look like a, a clear over team with the total jumping up two and a half points from 46 to 48 and a half. Uh, this is a, another decent discrepancy with the Rams getting 76% of the tickets, but only 54% of the handle. Um, I'm, I'm in agreement, like in the fact that why are the Rams laying a touchdown here? Like, I think when you got the Rams earlier in the season as underdogs, it's, it's a lot different than needing the Rams to win by over a touchdown when the Rams defense, you know, like, yes, they have Aaron Donald, but you know, this is still a unit that's tough to trust. And the Cardinals have been competitive in pretty much every single game. So I just think that, you know, the Rams going from an underdog that covered in every game uh, until Eagles last weekend to now laying seven is is a huge jump. Um, And yes, like I I do have questions about whether, you know, the Cardinals might fully turn back into a pumpkin uh, after the Bengals uh, defeat. But I I just have to go with the number here. I, I just think seven is too high. Yeah, when I saw seven, that was the first thing I wrote. Why, why, why are we laying seven with the Rams? Which makes you think you'd want to go take the Cardinals, but without James Conner, we saw Joshua Dobbs come back to earth last week. You know, it, it, it's not like they played a really good Bengals defense. Um, I don't know if I trust the Cardinals. I, I am leaning towards the three and a half in the first half for the reasons I stated before. Cardinals have been covering every single first half. Um, but it's not a game that I want to have much action on. Uh, there are other four o'clock games to have action on. So I would say that that's a wrap, except for the fact that there is a Sunday night football contest. Uh, the bills lay in 14, 44 and a half versus the giants in Buffalo. Uh, one of the hotter teams in football until last week's loss in Jacksonville, uh, versus arguably the worst team in football, um, might be a go to bed early night, but. I do have digs and fantasy, so maybe I'll be up hoping he gets a lot in the first half. Uh, we'll start with the numbers, Max. What are you seeing on this? I can't imagine it's a hotly bet game, but what are you seeing? Yeah, so not a surprise. Bills, 80% of the tickets, 83% of the handle. Spread going up from 13.5 to two touchdowns. The total has dropped from 46.5 to 44.5. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty high total for a, a Giants yeah. offense that has been the worst in the league. Oh man. So the bills, um, you know, obviously wonky London game. I, I, you kind of have to throw that game out. I I think with just the Jaguars having the extra week in London, but the bills just have so many defensive injuries Um, and and losing Matt Milano, the most important guy on their defense, arguably for the entire season is, is, is huge. Um, This stat I was really surprised to see, but the bills have given up the most explosive plays out of any team in the NFL. Not that the Giants can necessarily take advantage, but again, like similar to to the Panthers Dolphins, where the Dolphins, you know, like really like the Dolphins as a team, but they're it's tough to lay, you know, two touchdowns with the Dolphins defense. Like uh, even as bad as the Giants have been, I have to make the same argument with the Bills. Like the Bills, just their defensive personnel is not the same as what it was to start the season. And, you know, if, if Terod Taylor plays for an injured Daniel Jones, not that a Terod Taylor revenge game is, is worth it to play the Giants at plus 14. But I, I just think with, with all the question marks around the Bills defense, I, I think that two touchdowns is, again, too high. Brian, you had asked me off air to skip this game <laughs> for the sake of time. So I'm going to assume you don't have any plays on it. No, we just learned that uh, NFL Network reported that Daniel Jones probably isn't playing to, in uh, this one. So... I'm not sure that's a big downgrade, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, but I just don't know how they <laughs> says they, says they, that guy gets paid forty five million dollars a year, and you're saying it's not a downgrade. You might not be wrong. It's a downgrade, not but not a, the guy got. but not a magnificent downgrade. And at the same time, I think you said it best that you got to throw that London game out the window. They didn't major travel to advantage the Bills and London games, Thursday night football games. Those are two games that I don't like to read too much into. And let's not forget that this, the Bills are one of the elite teams in football, and the Giants are among the worst. And finally, in one direction here, I don't know that, what it's that anymore, but I saw the spread for the first uh, half of seven and a half. I mean, is your first half, first quarter? I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But regardless, take the Bills to cover early numbers just because of how banged up that defense is, as Max said, that if maybe the Giants are capable, there's, if there's any team not capable of putting up points in the backdoor cover, it's the Giants, but you never know. So take the Bills first half, first quarter rather than the game. 
the the Giants still haven't scored a first half touchdown on offense. All no, year. and it was first half scored on, not first quarter. Uh, Tua gave them six last week was really, and I mean, you know, who I feel bad for, I feel bad for dolphin fans who watched primetime football because Monday night you had the giants, you played the dolphins last week and now you got Monday night, Sunday night. So way too many giants plays that I've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's some bad football. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for max. But before you go, what's your favorite play this week? I know I put you on the spot. Honestly, it's it's probably the Cardinals. I, I just I just think seven is is too high. I, I would have said I probably would have said Vikings if if it was still at two and a half versus the three that it, it just became today. But yeah, no, I, I seven in a divisional game with the Rams defense as bad as it is and the Cardinals being feisty throughout the season. I, I just think seven is it, it's too high. What do you got, Brian? I like our play of the Patriots Raiders under. That's my fear for this week. I would say the Ravens, but that really contradict what I just said a minute ago, but I don't take London games too seriously. I want to go Dolphins first quarter minus four is my favorite, favorite play, but I also don't control the coin toss and you're a wrong coin toss and a bad defensive play away from losing that bet. And even though I'm going to bet it, uh, my favorite play is going to be what Brian just said. Our, our Raiders Patriots under, I said off the air. This Don't do that. Should be about now. You know, if all of a sudden we get an actual exciting game out of those two teams, you chalk it up. But there is nothing I have seen about the Raiders and Patriots that leads me to believe they can score 41 points unless they play eight quarters. So sure. um, there's that. So obviously fade it and take the over. That'll do it for us. Uh, thanks for Max Meyer of Points Bet, uh, soon to be Fanatics. For being a guest on the show for the second time this year, Brian Blewis, our betting director, uh, want you pitch a little bit about what you'll see coming out on ProFootballNetwork.com and PFF PFN betting. What are we going to see? Yeah, so we'll have our usual NFL Sunday content this week. We'll have our picks from uh, myself, David, Kyle Sapi, Jason Katz. We'll have our player props for the day. We'll have SGP article for the primetime game and the picks for the primetime game and many more pfnbetting.com or follow us at pfnbetting uh, and make sure you tune in Monday for our Monday Night Football podcast as well. Thank you for listening and see you Monday. 